Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Naisha Gutsa, CEO and founder of Billy, a construction insurance platform that's raised over $4 million in funding. Naisha, thanks for chatting with me today. And tell me, did I get your name right? Yeah, you got it right. And thanks for having me here, Brett. Awesome. Good to hear and excited to have you here. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Absolutely. So the name Nyasha means grace. I was born and raised in Zimbabwe and came to school here in New York around 2005. And I studied accounting, somehow ended up working in construction, mostly because there was a recession after I graduated. And those are the only jobs you could get. But it wasn't working in an office. It was as a laborer working outside. So just doing manual labor, eventually got promoted to becoming a plan room clerk. So graduated to the office. And then from there, worked my way up all the way to becoming a project accountant. I have a construction tech uh, background as one of their early employees at Procore, which is a construction management platform that's used by most commercial contractors in the U.S. And really loved working there, building financial software for construction companies. And after I left, I decided to pursue a childhood dream that I had, which was wanted to be a pilot. And so I went to try it, but realized quickly that it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I went back to software, but this time starting your own business and taking a bet on yourself. And that's pretty much uh, my background, uh, construction software guy who flies airplanes. (laughs) I love it. And to you know, look back at your childhood when you were growing up in Zimbabwe, was your you know, goal to eventually move to the United States and live in the U.S.? Or when did that really develop for you? I never had a goal to move and live in the United States because my parents could not afford to do that. They could barely afford to send me to high school. So it didn't have the fortunate events of dreaming that big to say, like, hey, like when I grow up, I want to move to the U.S. and start a uh, business. It's more of something that fell in my lap, to be uh, quite frank about it. I had a uh, pen pal who uh, wrote a letter to this boys' school that I was going to called Prince Edward. And and imagine 600 boys laughing at the idea of having a pen pal from the U.S. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to just take a chance on this and sent a letter and kaboom, it changed my life. Here I am in front of you. Wow, that's incredible. And how old were you when that started? I was 12, turning 13. Wow. And how old when you moved? I was 16, turning 17 when I moved to the U.S. Wow. And, and what was going through your brain then? So, you, you know, you fly into the U.S., you know, what's going through your mind as you uh, as you touch down there? Well, the first time I came to the U.S. Uh, to visit this pan pal was the very same year that I started writing letters to them. Uh, their family of means. So it wasn't coming into a normal family is what I gathered. Mm -hmm. And the first time I got to the house, their 
like the son's closet was bigger than the size of my parents' house. So, and, you know, like the dad comes to, you know, home in a helicopter. Uh, so very different uh, from what I knew. It felt like you're in a movie, but it wasn't. It was just uh, another family that is well off here in New York. And their son was just uh, interested in meeting people across the world. And his way of doing it was just exchanging letters with people. I happen to really suck at English. So I use that as an opportunity to get better at speaking and writing English. And it changed my life. But I had no idea that I would eventually move here, go to school and start my own business, for example. Wow. I'm always fascinated by these, you know, chance encounters that can just, you know, completely change the trajectory of someone's life. Um, one that I read about years ago, which has always fascinated me, is Jack Ma from Alibaba. And in a book about him, they were talking about how, you know, he was living in a village in China uh, when he was a little boy and he wanted to learn English. So he'd go and hang around the hotel where foreigners would come. And he happened to meet a young boy there um, who became his friend. And then he became a pen pal with that kid's father. And then all of that led to Jack Ma, you know, having this kind of tie to the Western world, getting outside of China. And you know, all of that is essentially was the foundation for what became Alibaba. And it was, you know, that one chance encounter changed everything. It sounds like you've had something very similar, which is, you know, just so cool and awesome to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, I love stories like that. I can relate to that <laughs> as much. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, you know, a couple of other things we like to ask just to better understand, you know, who you are as a, a founder and as a leader. Is there a specific CEO and founder that you're following right now and really look up to? And if so, who is it and why? Yeah, I like uh, Chope Awatona. So he is the CEO and founder of Calendly. So the tool that we use to schedule this podcast, uh, he founded Calendly. And the reason why I follow him is I'm proud of my African roots. Uh, so he's a founder who was uh, born in Lagos, Nigeria, uh, came here. He has a company that, you know, schedules most of the meetings that, you know, people pass around every day, like in their emails. And part of that is primarily because I'm Black, too. So I look up to him that looks like uh, a Black man from Africa can start a very successful company that has an impact on as many people. So I can also do the same thing. And that's the reason why I look up to him as well. Nice. I love that. And I can't really think of any other tool that adds more value to my life for such a low cost than Calendly. Like I think it's 10 bucks a month or something like that. And the amount of you know, hours and just like you know, manual tasks that it saves me is really crazy. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine a world without calendar schedules? Like, like, what would you have to do to schedule all these meetings that you have daily? It feels barbaric when I uh, exchange emails with someone and, and they don't have like a calendar link or, you know, a similar tool. It's like such a hassle. You know, there's like five emails back and forth as opposed to just clicking a link. So definitely a value added product there. And that's a uh, that's the first time I've heard Calendly mentioned on the show. But I feel like they should get a lot more recognition because they're growing like crazy right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They are one of those companies where it's stuck with people working from home and they needed to use the Calendly tool. And what's nice about it is that it can be embedded into many other workflows, right? So you can add it to a type form, for example, 
which is like an absolute amazing thing. I've seen it even embedded in apps where you apply for mortgages, for example, or tax apps, right? Like where you want to schedule time with a tax professional and you it's powered by uh, Calendly, which is uh, pretty cool. Totally. Love it. Nice. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had the greatest impact on you or had a major impact on you as a founder? And this can be a business book or it can just be a you know personal book that's really shaped how you think. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start off with authors, for example. So the thing that I'm actually scared of is failing. And when I left Procore, I happened to meet this uh, lady on, on a flight heading down to the Philippines. And we sat next to each other and her name is Brene Brown. And she was telling me that like, um, I'm heading out to go like give her speech somewhere. And she told me about her book called uh, Daring Greatly. And so I think that's the book that's had the most massive uh, impact because at one point I was actually scared of doing what I do now, which is take a bet on yourself. And so the impact it had was it's only the person who's inside the arena, in this case, me, who knows what it's like to you know run start a business, all the fears that you do have. The most important thing that you just need to realize is that at least you gave it a shot and don't really worry about you know all the spectators that are sitting outside of the arena and what they do say. The most important thing is the person who's inside the arena who's at least taken the chance on themselves. So that has stuck with me because Fear of failure has just been one of the things that I honestly still am scared of. But just being able to take a chance and do something that you always wanted to do was something I learned from this book, Daring Greatly. I love it. And man, you are a, you're a man of chance encounters. So I love that. You were next to her on a plane and that's how you found the book? Correct. Wow, that's amazing. Awesome. Well, let's switch gears now and talk about what you're building at Billy. So can you share with me just you know a bit about the origin story behind the company and then a bit more about what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So originally, we started off the company trying to solve for construction payments. It's something that I was originally really passionate about. But then we quickly realized that, well, the sales process of trying to sell such software to construction companies is a, a bit difficult and two, the willingness to pay from contractors just isn't there. And three, like it wasn't going to be a big business because there are already companies that facilitate payments such as Stripe, IDN, for example. So really you're just making margins on top of their infrastructure. and. Lastly, we noticed that construction companies are less willing to go towards electronic payments, especially for really large amounts. They prefer checks. And the reason why they prefer checks is because they are able to hold that money as leverage to the person who's getting paid. Uh, Essentially, they need to submit two documents to get paid each time for construction companies. So there's something called a lien waiver, which is basically saying I was paid last time and I'm not going to lien the property because I was paid on time. And another document is insurance certificates. So if you don't have any of those two, you're not getting paid. And so hence the idea of, well, why don't we go ahead and solve for insurance? Because insurance is just a really big, dirty word for any business. It's hard to get. You still have to go to a broker. 
but you have to fill out many different forms. And then if you work in construction or manufacturing industries, every contract that you sign with a customer, every project that you do, you have to go to your broker and get this document known as a certificate of insurance because you have to modify your insurance to add those interested parties. So the owner of the house and also the lender, if they have one. So there was no real workflow tool for construction-specific businesses. So we decided to solve that problem because my co-founder, Grant, is also a uh, contractor and he was just storing all these things in a manila folder despite using the software that we built at Procore. So just made me realize that that problem hasn't really been solved. And the way in which businesses manage their insurance is still horse and buggy, as I, I like to call it. So if I asked you a question like, hey, Brett, like, how do you manage your insurance? You're probably going to say, I store my insurance in Gmail. It's in a folder. It's with my mom. Well, I got to call a Jake from State Farm. So we're trying to change that to just provide you with one single place where every business can interact with their insurance with hope that we can make it easy for you to access coverage and also connect you to the insurance carrier in the event that you need to use your insurance. Nice. Wow. I love that. That's super cool. And where are you seeing the most traction right now in, in terms of market? And you know, what kind of traction have you seen that you're okay with sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So we purposely focused on partnering with Procore, so my previous employer. Um, they are one of those construction management applications that has a really nice app marketplace, which I was also part of building during my time at Procore. So the idea there was, well, they already have a really big base of customers. So we're going to partner with them, do an integration, solve a problem that their software has and complement their software. And what we're seeing are what I would call emerging to mid-size construction companies. So those that do anywhere from 25 million to just uh, over 250 million, and they work with anywhere from 500 to 750 subcontractors. That's what we're seeing as our sweet spot for people that choose our software. Nice. And is there like an aha moment where you really get them just to understand the value of what you can bring? Yeah, just uh, showing them how easy it is to get up and running. And um, I'm a big fan of DocuSign software. So Mm -hmm. for example, like you can go out and get uh, up and running with DocuSign in just under five minutes. So this is exactly how we built uh, Billy. Uh, So the integration with Procore is just as simple as log in with your Procore and you're integrated and start using the software right away. There's no logins for the other people that have to uh, submit documents because For contractors, that creates a lot of uh, friction. So the big aha moment for us was the end users, which are typically accountants and risk administrators, just seeing that Billy is not a homework project where you buy enterprise software and there's like a 90-day onboarding. You can be up and running in less than five minutes. Nice. I love that. And as I'm sure you've seen, construction tech funding seems to be booming over the last couple of years. What are you doing to really you know, rise above all that noise? To be very frank, it's harder as a founder of Color. And I'm pretty sure you might have uh, read this uh, recently. But you know, over the last quarter, founders of Color only raised just about $180 million. So 
if you compare that, for example, to Adam Newman, he raised uh, more than that in one round. And frankly, there, there are homes that cost more than $180 million in the country. So A, it's harder as a founder of uh, color. So what are we doing to make ourselves stand out more? It's mostly like how we differentiate ourselves as a digitized uh, broker that's able to shop with more than 30 insurance carriers on an API and save companies up to uh, 40%. We customize our outreach to VCs. So I use a software called Video Ask. Helps me just like uh, show that I'm a human behind the business as well. That's working hard to you know get funding for the business as well. And that's so awful and just depressing to hear. You know that this is still the landscape when it comes to funding. You know, from your perspective as a as a founder, is this getting any better. Um, you know, I think with George Floyd in 2020, you know, there was kind of a spotlight on some of these issues. Have you seen any changes from your perspective at all? To be honest, not quite per se. I think that people just retreated back to the norm um, after the, the George Floyd incident. And, you know, like I have other founders too, like out here in New York, who sometimes wish that they whitewashed uh, the their company, including mine, like where I think for, you know, founders of color or minorities, if you had a founder who's white, I wonder if you're able to raise more money. But this is just my opinion and what I do think. Yeah. Wow. That's awful. I, I do hope it does get better. And yeah, it seems like there's at least some attention there. I feel like in TechCrunch, I keep reading about, you know, more kind of purpose-driven funds that are focusing on hopefully addressing this problem. So I do hope that it improves and it, it has to improve because that's just, you know, it's really unacceptable for that to happen. So hope that does get better sooner rather than later. It will eventually. I'm optimistic about it. Nice. Love that. All right. So two more questions for you before we wrap. What excites you most about the work you get to do every day? Yeah. So it's the people. I believe that Building a people-first company allows you to build a forever business. And if you think about it as a flywheel, at the top is you know getting people engaged and excited about what they do every day. I think that's my job, which is making sure everybody still believes in the mission that we're trying to accomplish. And they have everything that they need to solve the problem for the customer. If the employee shows up engaged and excited, they're able to solve problems for us. And if they solve problems for us, it drives business. So I have a saying, which is uh, culture drives business and business drives culture. And this is uh, one of the things that I'm just really excited about every day. Nice. I love it. And if we zoom out into the future, what's the five-year vision for the company? Yeah, we'd love to be the one-stop shop for businesses to buy and access insurance. So. Think of it like kayak of business insurance, where you just go and you can compare insurance coverage in a couple of minutes. You can purchase it. You can hire or fire your broker if you want, but all powered by Billy. Nice. I love it. Unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. Before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter or on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, it's just my name. Yasha Gutzer. And on uh, Twitter, it's uh, also the same thing at Yasha Gutzer. 
Amazing. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us. You have such an inspirational story, and I think it's going to really inspire and motivate a lot of other founders out there. So thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you execute on this vision. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Let's keep in touch. All right. 